What are you hoping for this Christmas? What's on your Christmas list? What gift is it that you just have to have in order for your life to be complete and you to be finally at peace? As children, we may have said something like, well, in my generation, the Red Ryder BB gun, or my kid's generation, the Cabbage Patch doll or a Barbie. Maybe it's a new bicycle. But as teens, our hopes change. Now we hope for a smartphone, you know, the latest video game, maybe clothes or shoes or even gift cards. Actually, as we get older, the gifts we often hope for can't be bought from Amazon. Maybe the gift we're hoping for this year is our family to just be together, or a relationship in our life to be healed or our job situation to improve. Maybe the gift that will bring peace is to see our children grow in faith and find courage and strength to make it through the difficult times in their life. You see, through the years, what we hope for changes, doesn't it? But what doesn't change is that we still have hopes and dreams. We still long for gifts that we think will bring us peace. What Charlie Brown hoped for was something to help bring his life a sense of purpose and fulfillment. He wanted something to give him peace, and he turned to many different people for help. However, one person turned to him, his sister Sally. Sally had an extensive Christmas list, and she had her hopes set on every one of those specific gifts being fulfilled. And there were so many items on her list that she decided to make it easy on Santa and just ask for money. For Sally, her hope and heart was set on material goods. Uh, Her expectation and desire was for cold, hard cash. That's what she hoped for because that's what she thought would make her life complete. Money was not only what she deserved, it was what she thought would bring her peace. Today, if we're looking for something that will bring us peace, we have a choice. Like Sally, we can look to the material goods, the wealth of this world, or the stock market, or Christmas bonus, or higher paying jobs, or whatever we can find around us, or we can look to God. Sally was a young girl who looked for peace in the world, but Mary was a young girl who looked for peace in God. You see, like all Jewish, good Jewish girls, Mary had her own hopes and dreams. She dreamed of marrying an honest, God-fearing man someday and having lots of children because those were signs of God's blessing. And like all good mothers, she dreamed that her children would grow up to have a life that was blessed by God and that would be a blessing to others. Many Jewish girls at this time dreamed that their children might grow up to be the Messiah because that was the highest honor, the greatest blessing they could know, and people at this time were looking for the Messiah to come. These were all things Mary would have hoped for, and these were the things that would bring her life true and lasting peace. And like most girls, she thought she would have uh, those things and they would all come through the normal channels of life in her generation. 
like a husband and marriage, but then Mary had a visit. She had a visit from an angel. And here's how the gospel writer Luke describes it. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will uh, name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Suddenly, Mary is faced with a choice. Would she place her hope for a child and the hope she had for this child in herself and trust in her upcoming marriage to Joseph, or would she place her hope and trust in God? To trust God was difficult because Mary was a virgin, so how could she possibly become pregnant without Joseph? And if she did become pregnant outside of marriage, it would end her future with Joseph and her reputation as a faithful woman and maybe even end her life. From the world's viewpoint, God's plan made no sense. It was incredibly unlikely to happen and included tremendous risks. But Mary said yes. Mary trusted God to help her find true and lasting peace. Sally turned to the world to find peace. Mary turned to God. And if we are looking for peace, where will we turn and what will we trust? Will we trust the things of this world? Will we trust the material possessions of this world to make us complete? Will we trust in the things that make sense to us and the things that don't bring any risk? Or will we look for peace in God? To find peace in God means that we have to commit ourselves completely to God and say like Mary, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. You see, Mary surrenders herself fully to God and places herself completely in God's hands. And that is the only way for us to find true peace as well. And to find peace today, we have to submit ourselves to God, but submission is a total commitment. When Mary surrendered to God, it was a total commitment. Now think about what it means to conceive and carry a child. I have it on good authority that it affects absolutely every part of your life. Carrying a child inside your body affects your eating, your sleeping. It affects the clothes you wear, your ability to move. Physically, pregnancy affects everything. 
But it goes deeper than the physical changes, and I'm not just talking about the emotions and the hormones, I'm talking about relationships. Relationships change. Even a woman's identity changes as she goes from being a daughter and a wife to being a mother. See, for Mary, placing her trust in God meant that everything in her life would change as she now follows God's will. Everything changes. Giving up this kind of control is often what we struggle with with God. If we continue to trust the things of this world, then we are still in control. But when we place our trust in God, we are giving up that control to God and we set out on his course for our life. And surrounding, uh, sur surrendering to God in order to find peace doesn't mean that everything in our life will now run smoothly. Think again about Mary. She was engaged to be married, but now with child by the Holy Spirit. And what, what will Joseph think? What will he say? What will the people of the community say? From the very beginning, this was going to be a struggle. And when it was time for her to give birth, they had to take a journey. When they got to Bethlehem, there was no place for them to stay. When the baby arrived, all they had was a manger in a barn. The only visitors were a group of outcast shepherds. Not exactly the situation Mary may have anticipated or hoped for, but because she was fully surrendered to God and trusted God, she was able to remain strong. Mary wasn't looking to the things of this world to bring her peace and comfort. She was placing her faith and her trust in God. And placing our trust in God means giving all we have to God and then sticking with God even when things in our life get difficult. Mary shows us that true peace is not found in this world, but in giving ourselves fully to God. But she also shows us why we can trust God and what, what God's peace looks like. You see, after Mary said yes to God, she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was also with child in a pretty miraculous way. And Mary was much older, uh, or Elizabeth was much older than Mary and had never been able to have a child. And now in her old age, she also was pregnant. And when Mary arrives, Elizabeth affirmed that God had truly blessed Mary and that her child was from the Holy Spirit. And during that visit, Mary shares this song of praise. Mary responds, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. It is in these words that we begin to understand where Mary's peace comes from. It came from Mary believing that God really did know her and God had something great in mind for her and God was going to lift her up. And this is still where peace comes from. 
It comes from when we believe that God knows us and that God will do great things for us and that God will lift us up. See, God knows us. He knows our strengths and our weaknesses. He knows our hopes and our dreams. He knows our gifts and our abilities. God knows us and will do great things for us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ, I was about 10 years old. It was at a vacation Bible school program. But from that early age, I told God that I wanted to serve him with my life's vocation. And for a time, I looked at everything except the local church. I thought about being a chaplain. I thought about being a missionary. I thought about being a pastoral counselor. I looked at everything. I wasn't sure that I wanted to be a local church pastor. But it was in 1978 that I finally faced the reality that God knew me better than I knew myself and that the local church was a good place for me to be and maybe the only place where I would find peace. And when we truly believe that God knows us better than we know ourselves and that God knows what's best for us and leads us in that direction, we can fully give ourselves to God and we can begin to find some peace. Peace also comes in knowing that God will do great things for us. But let me be clear, God can only do great things for us if we will give ourselves to him. God could not have done anything in Mary if she had not said yes. But because she surrendered herself uh, and said yes, God was able to do something miraculous and bring Jesus our Savior into this world. It is only when we say yes to God and surrender our hearts and our hands and our lives to him that God is able to do great things in us. Sometimes God doing great things in us starts in very small and unseen ways. I'm sure Mary wondered if God was doing anything in her during those first few days and weeks, but after her cousin Elizabeth affirmed God's blessing, she knew that God was doing something great. It often takes time for us to see the great things that God is doing. Sometimes we may not see it at all. And many times the great things God wants to do in our life may not, have any, may not be anything that we can see. For example, faithful prayer may not be seen by the world as anything all that tremendous. In fact, many people today don't see prayer as effective at all, but prayer is powerful and it's important And God can do great things in us and through us if we will surrender to him and if we will simply pray. And we may never see the results of some of those prayers, but again, it doesn't mean God isn't doing miraculous things through us. Giving is also something that people don't always see as a great thing. But when lives are changed by our gifts, it truly is great. You know, through your generous giving, This congregation literally touches hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives every year in this community and around the world. And while Mary could see the great thing God, uh, could see the great thing God was doing in her, we often don't see it at the moment. But as the writer of Hebrews remind us, faith is the confidence that we have, uh, that that what we hope for will actually happen. 
Faith gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It is faith that brings us peace. Peace comes when we surrender to God, knowing that God will use us for something good, even if we don't always know what that is or can see it. Peace also comes when we know that God will lift us up. But again, God can only lift up those who will first bow down to him. It is the hungry and the poor and the humble and the servants of this world that God lifts up. It is those who have surrendered to God that God honors and fills with peace. James chapter 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. So humility and surrender are necessary for us to experience the blessing of God's peace. For Sally, peace came from trusting the things of this world. For Mary, it came through trusting God. Today, peace still comes from God, but only when we're willing and able to say, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. So I invite you today to surrender your life to God. Don't look to this world to bring you peace and don't trust the gifts that can be purchased to heal your spirit and to make you whole. Turn to God, trust God, surrender to God fully for this is the only path that leads to true and lasting peace. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for showing us the ultimate example of what surrender truly is. Through the gift of your son and through the surrender of his life for our sins, you've called us to surrender our all to you. God, if there is someone here in this audience today who is still on the fence, who's looking for that peace in their life that will last, may you hear the cry of their heart and lead them to you. Help, put, help them put that commitment into practice, even when surrender has a name and a face and a measurable cost. Help us to surrender all, all of ourselves, and especially that one thing, trusting in the name of the one who surrendered his all for us, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.